Hello everyone and welcome to another recap race analysis here, one of our first ones of the year and it was Omlut Head News Blood, one of the biggest couple stage races starting and as always I'm joined by Patrick Blake of Audu Cycling and one third of the Echelon Cycling Podcast and the guy who guessed this race correctly but more about that later. I mean Patrick, uh, without further ado, what happened in the race today? Uh, a break of I think nine riders got up the road pretty early on and that was really kind of the, the main break of the day but fairly early on a big group got up the road about 40-ish rides including a lot of the Visma Lisa bike riders quite a few Ineos Grenadiers riders were in there lots of kind of the the main favorites were in there the only riders who really missed out were Stefan Kung I believe missed out I think EF missed out with Betiol as well and so they had to work really hard to try and bring the group back but eventually what happened from that group of 40 is that Visma Lisa bike attacked and drew away a group of seven, which included Wout Van Aert, Christophe Laporte, Matteo Jorgensen, Tom Pidcock. Gianni Moscon was there for a little bit, uh, but then quite quickly dropped away. Tom Schoens was in there as well, and and, and Arno Dully. That was the other, that was the other rider in there, but then, of course, Moscon dropped away. And then it all looked pretty set and done. And like Scott and I looked like we were messaging each other and Jorgensen attacked. And that seemed pretty much a done deal. He dropped off the back of a group, did a slingshot attack, and that seemed to be pretty much it. With Wavenart and Laporte sitting on behind, watching Scoins and Delee and Pidcock all kind of pulling through. It all looked like a pretty set done and deal with about 20 kilometers left to go. But on the uh, Mer Kappelmer, Tim Bellens started coming across which was a very interesting move across to that kind of second group containing Wout. And then, you know, behind him was a, like pretty much like the whole peloton who were working really hard to try and bring this back, largely led by like Lidl Trek for, for Jonathan Milan, I think, as well. And this group brought back Jorgensen, which immediately reinstigated all the kind of attacks and counterattacks that were going on. Visma Lisa bike ended up with you know, rather than three riders, they had five riders because they Van Baal and Tratnik got brought back into it. And then from this, Jan Tranik launched kind of like a bit of a stealth move with Nils Pollitt, who followed him. And then those two were just solo with about eight kilometers left to go. We saw Lotto Destiny working really hard on the front for Arno de Lee. They had like Campanats and Du Bois there to try and bring it back, but they weren't good enough to try and bring this move back. So it, we saw Nils Pollitt leading it out with one kilometer to go, and he started going really hard with about 800 meters to go. I couldn't quite believe what he was doing, but he was obviously very confident in his own abilities. But Tranik just came around him with 300 meters to go. Pollitt shook his head, and Tranik takes the victory, which, as Scott said, if you haven't seen the preview already, we might include a clip. I said that Jan Tratnik was going to win. Ignore who I said was going to come in second and third place because uh, that, that's unimportant. People only care about the winner and that's uh, that's a fact. So the top 10 of the Omnipet News by the 79th edition is that Jan Tratnik wins ahead of Nils Pollitt and Wout Van Aert rounding out the podium. Oliver Narsen had a very good performance finishing in fourth. Christophe Laporte makes it three Visma Lee spike riders in the top five. Lawrence Rex in sixth. Jasper Stuyven in 7th, Tom Pidcock in 8th, despite being in a breakaway a lot of the day, Matteo Trenton in ninth, and Arno Dali also in the breakaway, rounds out the top 10. What did you make of it, Scott? I think we both thought it was kind of done with 20 kilometers to go, thought it was going to be a little bit of a dull race, but 
Uh, it was a really interesting finale, actually. Probably one of the more interesting arm loops I've watched in the previous few years. Yeah, totally agree. I completely thought it was a done deal. And Visma had the win in their grasp. Well, they won eventually, but not with the rider that initially we thought with that situation with Matteo Jorgensen and having both Wout and Laporte sitting in the group and then Dili doing a lot of the work, you're like, well, there's no way they're not going to win this. And then coming all back together, like you said, yeah, through the whole race on on its head. But I mean, Patrick, this was sublime by Visma Lisa Bike. The racing here, it, they didn't just have plan A, they had plan B, plan C. And yeah, it didn't matter what the other teams threw at them, they had an answer for it. Yeah, they never really seemed in trouble at all, like you say. They just had multiple options at any point in the race. And you could say that Tranik probably wasn't their first choice rider. I, you know, there's certainly riders who have a higher status in the team than him but this was absolutely the best Visma Lisa bike Cobble Classics team we talked about it in the preview that this isn't some dress rehearsal B tier team which they've sent out with some development riders or whatever this is the probably going to be the team which they're sending to the Tour of Flanders so they're really trying to get this honed in and I think you know given the strength in numbers the only thing which can really counteract them is the presence of one of the other big favorites like a van der Poel or Pogac because I don't really think that any other team was capable of matching them today do you think that it's only really van der Poel and Pogac who can beat them or do you think that maybe there's room for some other people to come in there Pedersen obviously you would say as a Dane yeah I think you're right uh, a bit demoralizing because I thought Anna Dili was in the driving seat at one point, and then, yeah, it kind of dis- I I missed completely when he he faded back into a peloton, and lots of destiny you just didn't have enough to bring it back. But I mean, Niels Pollard, you mentioned it in the in the roundup. I think he was riding for second place. You know, I don't think he. I think he knew that he wasn't going to win, but he thought a second place is better than seventeenth. Yeah, I think that's very true. And considering that they didn't have Pogaccio here, I think it's certainly an opportunity for the other UAE team Emirates riders to try and get a result for themselves. And yeah, like I said in the recap, he just seemed to be opening it up really early in that like eight, yeah, 800-ish metres to go. And I just thought, he must be really confident because he's got at least like another 40 seconds of effort to go here. It just seemed like he was almost, like you say, it was a bit suicidal almost that he was just doing it. And yeah, perhaps he was more focused on, you know, what maybe his cobbled classic results the last couple of years haven't been to the lofty heights of when he finished on the podium of Paris-Roubaix. So maybe he was just quite happy to get a podium, and I don't think you can knock that. I think if he didn't believe that he was going, if he didn't have the legs for first, then working on the front and getting second just to get a, a good result on the board is, is nothing to be ashamed of, and I think it was a very good performance from Pollock. Very promising looking forward towards the classics because he'll likely be supporting Pogaccia in his ambitions. And I think Pogaccia will have a very strong teammate in, in Pollock. Yeah, sometimes we're a bit guilty of thinking that it's a win or nothing, but that that's just not true. A podium is a huge result. Um, yeah, in terms of other teams, were there anyone you kind of wanted more from? I mean, Ineos Grenadiers... Tom Pickcock looked in quite a good position and I thought maybe he could be like an outsider winner because, yeah, when before Matteo Jorgensen attacked, 
when I really thought Pickcock or someone like Dilly should have tried to snap on to him. Yeah, it it just didn't happen, unfortunately. No, no, it, it didn't. Uh, he still good it, form though. Good form. Yeah, he, he was suffering quite early on though. You could tell. I remember one of the climbs might have been like the Leyberg or something. He was just. You know, he was quite, he was sooner to kind of get out the saddle and he was dropping off a little bit and Jorgensen was on his wheel and he definitely looked like he was suffering a little bit. But, you know, we've said this for a couple of years now is that Pitcock has had this hype of being this Cobble Classic star, but it just doesn't really seem to, to be working out. I mean, I'm more than happy for him to keep giving it a go, but, you know, it's not like I'm the, the DS of the team or anything, but it's certainly the Ardennes which are more his cup of tea it was a good showing and i think still finishing inside the top 10 in a sprint despite being in a break is definitely a really good sign from from pidcock but there are other teams which i wanted more from alperson i think philipson i was thinking might do a bit more today i think i was expecting maybe a bit more from i mean they intermarsh ended up spinning for lawrence rex and not binny i can't remember if binny was in that group uh, Sudal Quickstep, Al Philippe had a crash, as did Asgreen. So obviously that probably put a bit of a damper on on their possibilities. Mahoric as well for Bahrain. I did predict him to finish on the podium. He was there. He was visible at points, but I did think that considering he was sat in the peloton, that eventually was kind of the peloton fighting it out for the top ten, that maybe he would have had a better result. But those are really the only. The only teams, maybe Kung for Group Armor as well, Axel Zingler for Cofidis. The list goes on and on, basically. Yeah, it was just a dominance from Vismalee, despite the fact that they got three riders inside the top five. Like, not the top ten, the top five. Like, that's that's insanity. But, you know, this is this is quick step, you know, old style quick step sort of level of dominance that we've seen here. I think that. What do you think from Visma Lisa bike? Is this just is this the Visma Lisa bike cobbled season? I mean, we said it last year as well when they won both races in their opener weekend, and uh, yeah, the the team's just stronger. Dilma Ball was even in there, like mixing it up as well in terms of uh, trying to just throw off the Lotto Destiny team. But yeah. How do you stop this team if you don't have Tabagatcha and Machuanapol in the race or Remco? I don't know. I, I honestly think that I, I'm not. I call me a cynical person, but I I don't think that Wout looked that great today. There was a climb where Tom Schoins attacked. Like, Wout couldn't close him down. Like he got, like Wout got halfway. And yeah, got but down. I mean the team as a whole. You still have oh, a port in there. That's, that's true. I think a port should be the leader personally. But <laughs> how do you beat them? You got to get. I think you just got to get ahead. I think that you know, Delee, the other guys in the break did a, a good job, but you got to then. You know, if you were one of the people in that group and you went with Jorgensen, that would probably be the most realistic way of beating them because then you got to make it a one-on-one. So I say that's the most realistic way. Say Delee went with Jorgensen, or Tradley. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. I'm not sure whether Visma Lisa bike would be happy with that scenario. They probably wouldn't be, but you could end up in a scenario where you try and force Visma Lisa bike's hand by kind of being with one of their like not super sprinters like a Tratnik or a Jorgensen. 
and you're hopefully just going to beat them in a one-on-one sprint. But that's kind of like a very niche scenario. He needs to get in a break with them and then get in a further break with one of their kind of not fast guys, which is quite hard to do when you consider that Laporte and Wow are both fast finishers. It's going to be really hard, basically, is what we can surmise. Anyway, on that high note... (laughs) It's not as the no. Back to normal. It's the dominations here. Like who's going? Russell Kern is not is is gone. It's going to be Visma Lisa bike again. Yeah, Visma Lisa bike for the next few bit. Um, yeah, Machu, we need you. But anyway, please. If you haven't already, make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel here on the second day in extra. Check out Patrick's channel as well. I'll do cycling in the link down below. The Echelon Cycling Podcast. You also part of. And uh, let us know what you thought of the race. I personally thought it was a banger, and uh, I think Patrick did as well. And before we go, I'll leave uh, the prediction of Patrick here with the music. Mate Mohoric. And I think that in first place will be Jan Trapnik.